Good morning. I'm Eric Anderson in for Debbie Cruz. It's Tuesday, June 21st. Coming up, pollution from the Port of San Diego. More on that next. But first, let's do the headlines. California has the highest gas prices in the country, and now a group of state lawmakers will look into price gouging as a possible contributor. Assembly Speaker Anthony Rendon announced the new committee Monday. California does have the highest gas tax in the nation, but the group says that's not the only reason prices are so high. UC Davis economics professor David Rapson says many factors contribute to the high cost of fuel right now, including supply and demand and the war in Ukraine. But he says there are other factors worth looking into, like so-called mystery surcharges of roughly 30 to 50 cents a gallon. The emergency repair work to stabilize the Del Mar Bluffs is now complete. Sandag made that announcement late last week, along with news that additional work is slated to start next year. The repair work followed a bluff collapse in February 2021. The dog that got into the gorilla enclosure at the San Diego Zoo Safari Park a week ago is now safely back home. The San Diego Humane Society shared the good news yesterday. The dog is a one-and-a-half-year-old male shepherd named Meatball. On June 12th, Meatball escaped from his home and managed to get into the Safari Park's gorilla enclosure. The gorillas watched Meatball, with one following the dog and another chasing him. Staff got the gorillas out of the enclosure and into a back area so the Humane Society could rescue the dog. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay tuned for more of the local news you need. Hey, hey, hey. This is Parker Edison, host of the Parker Edison Project on KPBS. The cool thing about joining KPBS is you make one simple donation. And that money ripples into supporting everything else you see and hear on KPBS, including podcasts like this one you're listening to right now, making a place for fresh voices and perspectives to be heard. And that's music to my ears. Become a member today. Just go to kpbs.org, click that blue Give Now button, and donate what you can. All right? Thanks. We're learning more about pollution sources from the Port of San Diego that are affecting people's health. KPBS health reporter Matt Hoffman says the new information has left port commissioners split on how to prioritize emission reduction projects. The Port of San Diego's cargo terminals near National City and Barrio Logan are constantly moving cars, lumber, cement, and even fresh food. So it's no surprise that a health risk assessment puts those two communities ahead of Coronado and downtown for cancer-causing diesel emissions. Here's Port Commissioner Rafael Castellanos. I think it's the trickiest thing that we've dealt with since I've been on the commission, with the most serious implications when you talk about public health, obviously. The source of the port's pollution? Rail operations, ocean vessels, cargo handling equipment, and of course, semi-trucks. The noisy big rigs have been the target of complaints for years, but the assessment revealed port trucks actually make up just 8% of the risk in National City and 4% in Barrio Logan. What this risk assessment also is telling us is that the emphasis on the trucking 
is much smaller than perhaps this commission may have thought it was. Commissioner Frank Yurtasen hopes that this revelation can help prioritize where to cut emissions. Board Chair Dan Malcolm says he wants the most bang for his buck. Now that we have some information, I think that we need to proceed holistically and strategically and look at where we can place our our dollars. The port does have a plan to cut emissions. The Maritime Clean Air Strategy, or MCAS, outlines reducing emissions from trucks to boats and even cargo haulers. Officials say if the MCAS is followed, the cancer risk for National City, Barrio Logan, and Coronado can be cut almost in half by 2030. But now there are concerns about a piece of the plan involving electric trucks. My problem is that I think some of the goals in here are really not feasible. The truck transition plan calls for 40% of port truck trips to be electric by 2026 and all of them that way by 2030. Officials would spend up to $18 million to help carriers transition, but some wonder if it's actually worth it, especially with the port's own data showing that their trucks are a much smaller risk than originally thought. It is a source of emissions for sure. But where do we get the biggest bang for the buck and where can we have the biggest impact? The cargo handling equipment. Yep. Cargo handling equipment represents the highest cancer risk to Barrio Logan and Coronado. But even so, Commissioner Michael Zuquette says state mandates for transitioning semi-trucks to electric are already coming. And it doesn't hurt to start, especially when they know that trucks are part of the emission problem. If we don't do anything with trucks, the percentage contribution is going to go up with trucks. I mean, that's just math, right? Some of the port's biggest tenants and the trucking industry are pushing back. Truckers argue electric semis are expensive and there isn't widespread charging infrastructure. Tenants are worried that if truckers are required to buy electric, it won't be financially feasible for them to pick up in San Diego anymore. Sarah Marsh with produce giant Dole worries that the company would take a hit. All of this has a direct and serious impact to us as a tenant. If we are unable to distribute our product from the port, there's no reason for Dole to call San Diego home. Marsh says Dole is behind the port's environmental goals, but they would rather see the agency focusing on high-emitting cargo equipment. The company has already electrified a quarter of its cargo fleet. Advocates want commissioners to stay the course and stick with the goals outlined in the clean air strategy. That includes the truck transition plan. You know, it doesn't mean the zero emission vehicle thing is the end all be all solution, but it's definitely a major part of it. And what's something that we can't and it's an opportunity we have. We can't let it go. Franco Garcia is with the Environmental Health Coalition. What we don't want to end up with is that, you know, we're essentially pushing the cannon down the road. The port is already making investments. A new electric tugboat is scheduled to begin operations next year, and all electric cranes are set to replace their polluting counterparts. Matt Hoffman, KPBS News. Now that COVID vaccinations are approved for children under five, parents are looking for appointments to get their children protected. KPBS education reporter M.G. Perez has more. Many of the younger children now approved for vaccinations are in child care or enjoying a playground this summer. So the San Diego County Health Department hopes parents turn to their pediatricians to get the shots for protection. 
Justino Jimenez is a parent who survived COVID along with his young daughter after being vaccinated. Try to err on the side of caution, you know, try to be just as cautious as possible. We don't know what this, you know, virus can do. It's just better to be safe than sorry. Rady Children's Hospital is now scheduling vaccination appointments that start Tuesday. Both CVS and Walgreens have announced they will offer the shots at some of their locations, too. M.G. Perez, KPBS News. Coming up, new sidewalk vending regulations in the city of San Diego. We'll have that story and more next, just after the break. KPBS On Demand is supported by the San Diego County Toyota dealers, whose commitment to customers extends to giving back to the community and who are proud to support the City of San Diego lifeguards with their important role of keeping our beaches safe. Toyota, let's go places. A member of the county's Citizens Law Enforcement Review Board says she's being pushed out. Buki Domingo's term will end June 30th and won't be renewed for a full three-year term. She's the only black woman and immigrant on the board. Was I too black, too woman, too immigrant, too empathetic to the real harm and suffering the sheriff department has caused people? She was appointed to the panel by Supervisor Tara Lawson-Reamer last October to serve the remaining term of someone leaving the panel. She says she's being pushed out for pressing the sheriff's department on inmates' in-custody deaths. The group's executive director, Paul Parker, denies that, saying county supervisors are the ones who appoint people to the board. Supervisor Tara Lawson-Reamer did not respond to requests for a comment. County offices were closed Monday because of the Juneteenth holiday. Starting tomorrow... San Diego's sidewalk vendors will face new rules that have been controversial. KPBS Speak City Heights reporter Jacob Ayer has reactions to the new regulations. San Diego's sidewalk vending ordinance will change how, when, and where street vendors can operate. District 2 Council Member Jen Campbell led the push for the new rules. She says they strike a balance of improving health and safety and providing economic opportunities for the vendors. Because there became so many vendors and it became a problem of uh, finding enough space for the public to be able to enjoy the open spaces, the parks and the beaches. While the new rules will be fully enforced at Balboa Park and in the Gaslamp District, there are going to be limits in San Diego's beach communities. That's because the California Coastal Commission must review the ordinance before it can fully take effect in those areas. So far, the item hasn't made it on their agenda. That worries Ocean Beach Main Street Association's Denny Knox. Because really it's robbed our community of our beachfront. She says they've seen vendors take over the middle of sidewalks and parking lots, and in a few cases, the police have had to get involved. I mean, there are people who say, well, I'll never go down there anymore. I don't take my kids down there. That's not right. Jenny Santos is a street vendor who does henna tattoo art. She says she's not totally sure what the changes will mean for business, but understands the need for some rules. 
She says some situations were getting out of hand in places like Mission Beach and Balboa Park. People are paying other people to save their spots. They're leaving up their tents overnight. So they're letting, um, they're paying homeless people to sleep in certain areas. They're, yeah, they're chaining their stuff down. Like it's getting a little wild. Street barber Izoya, who asked for his last name not to be used, says he feels the extra rules are punishment for people who are trying to make a livable wage. I don't know, I feel like when you're already taking people that don't hardly have much, and you try to impose all of these different things on them, it kinda, it's kinda counterproductive. It's like on the one hand you're saying, hey, we're allowing street vendors to go out and do free enterprise, but then you create a whole bunch of rules that kinda make it difficult. Mission Beach business owner Matt Gardner says public spaces in some brick and mortar stores like his own have taken a toll from the lack of street vendor regulations. Where most of the problem is here in Mission Beach, and we are affected probably the worst in all of San Diego, um, it is right in front of my, my door. I roll up my door every single day and I see this hundreds of canopies and people selling stuff right in front of our faces. Some of the same stuff that we sell. And Mike Trimble of the Gaslamp Quarter Association says the ordinance should bring some relief if it's enforced properly. On any given weekend in the last, I would say, six to eight months, we could have either between 40 and 60 hot dog vendors on 5th, 6th, and 4th Avenue. So the entire gas lamp quarter has got just an over-proliferation of these uh, unregulated hot dog vendors. Campbell says the first year of the ordinance will be like a trial run. There will be a, a report to the city council and every year it can be uh, fixed and changed just as uh, when we passed the law, uh, we changed the, the permit fee from $236 down to $38 uh, because it, it seemed that that would be more fair for the vendors. The street vending ordinance takes effect June 22nd. Santos, the henna vendor, says people may test the enforcement. Um, it sounds like a lot of vendors are going to plan on just vending anyway and setting up and just getting the warning and then seeing if they get a fine or like what happens. But I don't think people are really planning to stop because again, a lot of people, that's like their livelihood and that's all they are getting money from and it doesn't sound like people are, are ready to stop. But not stopping could cost a vendor hundreds or even thousands of dollars in fines and impounded equipment if they keep breaking the rules. Jacob Ayer, KPBS News. We have more information about the new rules and where vendors can learn about them on our website, kpbs.org. San Diego City officials say they have a proposal to put the 101 Ash Street scandal behind them. It's a settlement that would give the city ownership of the former Semper Energy headquarters building that building was supposed to be office space for almost 800 city employees in a lease-to-own deal. But the building turned out to be an asbestos-riddled money pit. The deal also came under scrutiny when questions arose about a payment of more than $9 million made to real estate broker Jason Hughes. Mayor Todd Gloria says the settlement shouldn't keep criminal investigations into the deal from going forward. I want to make one thing perfectly clear. Nothing in this proposed settlement absolves anyone from potential criminal prosecution. Not Jason Hughes, nor anyone who may hold criminal liability as a part of this transaction and its aftermath. The former owner, Sistera, will return more than $7 million in profits from the Ash Street deal, and the city will take over the asbestos cleanup. The proposal also includes buying the Civic Center Plaza. The city says it's also restructuring the financing, 
which could save taxpayers $15 million. But the city still owes $132 million on both buildings, and the settlement isn't final. The city council will hold a public hearing and a vote at its meeting next Monday. That's it for the podcast today. As always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Eric Anderson. Thanks for listening, and have a great day. KPBS On Demand is supported by the University of San Diego, offering professional and continuing education courses in the areas of business, education, healthcare, and engineering. For enrollment opportunities, visit pce.sandiego.edu.